Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. We will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 99 of the Banter Roundtable podcast here with Justin Rosario. Justin, how are you today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. We have a, a big show for you today. Um, lots happened. We have Chris Christie smacking down Vivek Ramaswamy and much of the GOP field in the Republican debates uh, thus far, if anyone's watching. Anyone care? Probably not, but we're going to talk about it. Donald Trump wants to trash Obamacare and he announces his dictatorial ambitions. Um, we also talk George Santos and what his terrible situation reveals about the GOP's values and priorities. There are more Trump legal woes. Really? Really? <laughs> more revolting anti-Semitism on the alt and identity politics left, debates over school indoctrination in Florida, and we have our fascist of the week. Uh, then we're going to go into the emergency meeting where we're going to be discussing the shocking congressional hearings over rising anti-Semitism in colleges and why calling for the death of Jews is apparently okay in certain contexts. Um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Oh yeah, oh, I, I have I have some thoughts and feelings about that conversation. Yes, yes, yes. We'll be talking about that in the members only podcast in the emergency meeting. So please come join us there if you're not already a member. Um, so look, just um, the the debate <clears throat> last night, Chris Christie. Well, not last night. We're recording this on Thursday, but uh, I thought, did you watch any of the debate, Justin? Um, I was washing my hair and doing my nails, so I was really, really busy. Um, I think I might have also been flossing and taking care of other things that were extremely much more important than watching that debate. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have to say, you have to be a um, adult. glutton for punishment. Um, yeah, glutton for punishment. I mean, it's worse than that. It's pretty painful, but I have to say I did it because I'm so dedicated to all of our banter readers and listeners. I did watch the debate or as much of it as I could stomach. Um, and there's a couple of things I want to say, and they're mostly about Chris Christie. And I think Chris Christie came off very well, which won't make any difference whatsoever in the polls. Chris Christie's already still way, way down in the polls. Nobody looks close to beating Donald Trump. So it's kind of irrelevant and pointless. But I do think that Chris Christie um, did a couple of important things in the debate. Uh, so I'm going to play a first clip um, for you. This is him talking to Vivek Ramaswamy, who spent much of the night insulting Nikki Haley. Here we go. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look. If you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, 
I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in the Republican primary. We disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States. What we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting so her. So that was him um, smacking down Vivek Ramaswamy, who really is a smug little prick. And I don't really I have no other words to describe him. Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> And yeah, I just thought like his performance in the debate was 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 he's he's just an awful kind of person, awful human being. And I'm no fan of Nikki Haley, uh, but I did think that Ramaswamy's behaviour towards um, Haley it was it, it, notable, right? Because um, obviously she's the only woman on the stage, um, and I think that you know like we were discussing before the show, Ramaswamy, he's got that touch of the Donald Trump, right? Doesn't he? he? He's a he's a real kind of nasty piece of work and he has issues with women, I think. Well, um, I, like, well, that's what we were talking about. Like, he, he's his whole thing is he he's trying to emulate Trump and Trump's whole thing is, hmm. well, that's not his whole thing. It's it's just, he wants, like, he wants to go out there and it's like, I'm going to be the biggest asshole I can. I'm going right. to be a giant dick i'm gonna be a misogynist i'm gonna be a, just a giant dick and that's what people are going to respond to because that's what he sees trump do and he thinks that's all i have to do to get people to respond to me but that's not exactly what trump does it's right. a little bit more than that i mean yeah trump goes out there and he's just a horrible person he's racist he's misogynist he's just he's just an asshole but there's a little bit more to it than that. And Ramaswamy doesn't quite capture that, which is why he's not going anywhere. It's, you know, Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Trump so promises look, vengeance and terror and horror on people you hate. Ramaswamy kind of does that, but not quite as effectively. Right. Right. And look, this is, um, this is from Vox, right? This is a little roundup from of Ramaswamy's performance. And this is why, you know he's a troubling kind of a character, I think, and and um, you know he's dropping in the polls, so no threat whatsoever anymore. But still, does he um, even poll anymore? Like, is he like even more than like an asterisk at this point? I don't know if he's double digits. Um, look, here, here we are. Here's um, this is Vox. It said someone who's not being well, so well in the polls lately is Vivek Ramaswamy. Since an initial surge of interest in him, his poll standing has dropped. So it was apparently the right time for him to launch into an absurd recitation of conspiracy theories Wednesday, because why not? Quote, why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like an, it was an inside job? Ramaswamy asked. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Um, Ramaswamy continued by complaining that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump by big tech. Apparently, yet another complaint about how stories about Hunter Biden's laptop were treated. Um, he also endorsed by name the Great Replacement Theory beloved by white supremacists that the left is secretly plotting to, quote, replace the U.S. white population with minorities, claiming this was a, quote, basic statement of the Democrats' platform. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, he's a kind of nasty, probably misogynistic conspiracy theorist. Right, um, but it's all cosplay. He doesn't really yeah, yeah, he's, any he's, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's, he's just, he's playing. Right, and, and you can tell. That he doesn't mean any of it. Like it, it, like when Trump says it, you know he mean, and that's the problem, right? That yeah. and that's the thing with Ron DeSantis. That's why he didn't get anywhere. It's because everyone knows he doesn't really mean it. He says it because that's what you have to say now. 
and that's Again, what sorry, I do have the poll numbers here. Sorry to interrupt you, Justin, but uh, Ramaswamy is currently polling at a whopping 4.9%. Oh, wow. So he's he's almost a rounding error. He's yeah. almost within the he's almost with the margin of error of the polls. Yeah, you know, exactly. like one 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 more point, and he'll literally be well, it could be zero or it could be actually that number. Who knows? Yeah, it, the whole it's it's the whole thing is fairly shameful. Um, all of them, Trump's just rising in the polls. Trump's now at 61%. This is polling average. This is from real clear politics. Trump is at 61. Um, the next up is DeSantis at 13.5. It was almost 50 points behind the, the, the leader. And yet, uh, still not doing as well as Biden's doing. It's yeah, it's within his yeah, it's it's pretty bad for the GOP Phil. But look, I did think like Chris Christie. Uh, I can't remember someone described it his campaign as a sort of a hand grenade to Donald Trump, and I think that um, you know that's a good uh, that is a good way to describe it because look, um, this is another thing that Chris Christie did. I want to play this and 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 want to get your reaction to this, Justin. This is another thing Chris Christie did on stage last night. The fifth guy who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with, you know, Voldemort. He or shall not be named. They don't <laughs> want to talk about it. The, the fact is that when you go and you say the truth about somebody who is a dictator, a bully, who has taken shots at everybody, whether they've given them great service or not over time, who dares to disagree with him, then I understand why the these three are timid to say anything about it. My three colleagues on this stage, when asked if he would be convicted of federal felonies, would they still support him, raise their hand, looked into the camera, and let everybody know that they would still support him, even if convicted of federal felonies, failing to speak out against him, making excuses for him, pretending that somehow he's a victim, empowers him you want to know why those poll numbers are where they are because folks like these three guys on the stage make it seem like his conduct is acceptable let me make it clear his conduct is unacceptable he's unfit and be careful of what you're going to get if you ever got another donald trump term he's letting you know i am your retribution Thank he will you. only be elizabeth he will only be his own retribution he doesn't care for the american people it's donald trump first Look, I mean, you've got to give Chris, um, Christie credit for that. I do think so, right? He really is going after Trump. He's going after the other Republicans, calling them on their bullshit. Yeah, that and is he, a very clear and concise statement of uh, what Trump is going to do and how he's how he's going to be if he gets back into office. Yeah, and I think Chris, Christie understands that he's not going to win. Right? He understands he has no chance in this whatsoever. Um, but he is using this as a platform to go after Trump and to try and warn because there were a few i mean look bob wrote about it this week liz cheney you know whatever you might think about liz cheney and um, she's using what li little influence she has left in the republican party to speak out about about trump right and so is Chris christie there's some brave republicans out there who are warning who are warning of catastrophe because we are approaching catastrophe if this guy gets back in i mean it's sort of unthinkable i don't understand how we're in this situation but we are um, but those were the only notable things I saw about uh, the debate last night. Um, I can't understand why anybody thinks Ron DeSantis. 
I don't understand why he launched the presidential campaign. The guy, he's so uncharismatic. He's he's a sort of antithesis of, of charisma. Uh, well, he has thank none. God he's going to be the 2028 front runner because that's not going to go well for the Republicans. It's it, it's not going to go well. Um, but anyway, so we're well, moving on from the debate that nobody saw. Let's uh, <laughs> speaking of our, of, of Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump had quite the week. Um, he wants to trash Obamacare, and he announced his uh, ambition to become a dictator again. <laughs> So I, I mentioned this in the Monday uh, roundup this week that Trump uh, want, thinks that getting rid of Obamacare is, is a good idea. He did this. I don't, he ran on that. He campaigned on this in 2015 that Obamacare was a disaster. That he was going to get rid of it, and then got into office. Said he was going to do it. Couldn't. Right. Kept saying he was going to. You know there was going to be two this, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Going to be this glorious new healthcare plan. Which never transpired ever in in from 2015 to 2020, he he failed to produce a coherent healthcare plan or, or anything resembling. Yeah, but say, he didn't he didn't roll out anything at all. Nothing, nothing. It was that he they they tried to fiddle with it. Right, what they did is they rebranded Obamacare. He he, he gave some executive orders that were apparently probably illegal. Um, uh, and then and then re and said, yeah, there we go. That's our healthcare plan. Right, it was about getting rid of the individual mandate, and that was it. it yeah, was Republicans just tried to repeal it like forty something times. Yeah, and they just failed to do that, and they never actually tried to bring up a plan of their own. They were just going to repeal it and just to sit back and say, oh well, deal with yeah. it, have fun, see right. what happens. But this, this is, I think, exceptionally good news for Democrats. That if Trump wants to go, he's always going to do. He he'll never do what the what the pollsters and the the, the you know the strategists tell him to do, which is great this time round. Like I would, he really should run on on um, Trump Care, whatever that is. Oh please, we should. My, my only my only fear is that the Democrats screw up the messaging on um, their own healthcare plan on on what Biden is doing. Uh, and they announced a whole raft of new policies to expand on Obamacare, but don't brand it properly. Uh, and then, it, you know, it becomes so boring and and um, kind of wonky that nobody nobody pays attention to it. Well, I know so they're they, going hard after the drug companies to lower the prices on a lot of drugs, and that's pe something people will understand very easily. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just hope that they can. I, I seriously think I suggested this on Monday that they should call it. Um, I just why don't they just keep calling it Medicare for all to get a public option, right? Just call it Medicare for all of Medicare buy-in, whatever something like that, something simple that people can say, oh wow, okay, lower drug costs and I can buy into Medicare if I want to, something like that. Like I wish they would do this. I really wish so it would be simple and for everybody to understand and it would be it's it's a subject that uh you, you know will win them elections over and over and over and over again well at the very least they could just run on trump is trying to take away your health care because he is yeah yeah he is, I mean, he he's, is. He's, he's very clearly and openly stating over and over and over that he's going to take away people's health care and it's like okay if you want mm. to do that go mm. for it if you want to if you want to run on that again because that's a that's a guaranteed loser. 
every time Republicans got hit with that, they lost on it. So, sure. Yeah, he's been talking about this. He's he's been he's been um, truthing about it on Truth Social about about replacing uh, Obamacare. So um, again, I really look forward to his plan. I want to want to hear what his what Trump cares. Well, is. he'll introduce it two weeks after the election, or two weeks after he gets inaugurated, or two <laughs> weeks after his second um, inauguration, or two weeks after something. That's when yeah. it'll two weeks. You have to wait yeah. two weeks. <laughs> so also. Uh, Trump announces his ambition to become a dictator. This is from the Washington Post. Um, with Donald Trump's campaign asked allies on Capitol Hill in recent days to publicly counter criticism that the former president would govern like a dictator in a second term, according to people familiar with the matter. Yet on Tuesday, Trump reignited that criticism. Pressed twice on the topic during a televised town hall with Fox News host Sean Hannity, including on whether he would, quote, never abuse power as retribution against anybody, Trump replied, Quote, except for day one. <laughs> it's like, on oh, wow. Yeah. And he was super, super clear about it. He was super clear about it. It's like, oh, yeah, except for day one. Oh, I'm going to be a dictator on day one. And it's yeah. like, oh, my God. Sean Hannity, I, I didn't watch his expression, but it must have been like he was sucking a thousand sour lemons. He yeah. must have wanted to just cry. He gave him the softest of softballs. Oh, sir, you're not going to be a, 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 a homicidal maniac who eats children, are you? Oh, of course not, except for the first day. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Did you really just say that? And he just repeated it. He said it twice in the same yeah. interview. It's like Sean Hannity must have been like, oh, my God, shut up. It but is amazing. The guy cannot keep his mouth shut. He really can't. And he gets all these softball interviews, right? I mean, that's the only reason why Sean Hannity exists. Sean Hannity exists to hold Donald Trump's hands, uh, uh, hold his hand during interviews. That's it. That's the only reason why Sean Hannity is a thing anymore. Right Now, it's super important to note that after he said it, the audience cheered. They were yes, super yes. happy about that. When mm -hmm. he said, I will be a dictator on day one, they cheered and applauded. Okay? These are people who fall to the ground in fetal positions, crying bloody tears about what a tyrant Obama was and what a tyrant and dictator Biden is. And here's mm -hmm. their guy saying, well, I'm going to be a dictator. Because they love the Constitution and they love the rule of law, except when Donald Trump says, I'm going to be dictator. And then they practically fall to their knees in worship about, oh, my God, this is an amazing thing. Oh, I can't wait. It's like, oh, OK. So it was never about love of the Constitution or love of you know America. It was you just want your guy to be a dictator. Okay, I know. I know Republicans are complaining about this. They're just still out there whining about the press unfairly slandering Donald Trump as a dictator while he's saying, "I'm going to be a dictator." Yeah. Okay. It's we see. Cool. We we yep. all see you. Right. Exactly. Um, so, well, look. Let's move on uh, to the next. We've got more Trump a bit later, but we've got um, uh, George Santos. <laughs> oh my God. 
Do you know he's making a ton of money over? Oh my god, what's that stupid thing where you do like personalized greetings? It's it's one of those apps. He's making a ton of money doing that, which is really really sad. It's 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 pretty gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. He'll probably be doing. Uh, he'll probably have an OnlyFans account at some point. Oh, well, <laughs> and not not one that not one that he's using campaign donations on. He's. He, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, there's probably something for everyone out there, right? There's something for everyone out there, and, and uh, some people like them from George Santos, right? So he, George Santos, is gone. Yep, he was he was voted out. Very very sad. Bye 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 George. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what does this what does this say about the GOP that he existed? He he survived a long time, George Santos. Yeah, you know, I, I I got when they first tried it, and a bunch of Republicans were like, "We have to wait for the results of the ethics, mm. um, the ethics, um, uh, ethics report, um, whatever investigation. Excuse me, ethics investigation." I got that right, and a bunch of Democrats said the same thing. It's like we need we need to have something other than we all know he did it. We need something a little more concrete than. We all know he did it. We needed that. I got that, right? But then the yeah. ethics report came back and said, yeah, no, he definitely did this. Yeah. They investigated it. They know he did these things. I mean, they're still going to go through a court case and all that because, I mean, there's illegal stuff in there. This guy's got to go to jail. But the investigation was pretty clear. No, he definitely did this stuff. Right. At that point, it's, okay, well, we know he did it. He's got to go. We can't have this guy running around Congress. And still, still a huge chunk of the Republican Party was like, yeah, no, we're fine. We don't right. we don't think he should be removed. And and honestly, they didn't do that because, you know, they they, they felt that he should stay because blah, blah, blah. No, they, they, they didn't do it for good reasons. They didn't believe that, you know, oh, he was innocent until proven. They did it. Because flagrant corruption is not a deal breaker for them. It's it's a goal, right? That's that's the goal. What he was doing, what he was getting away with all this time, is that's the ideal for them. So they were like, well, I don't see, you know, the only problem here is that he got caught <laughs> as far as they're concerned. You know, and the other reason, the others, the ones that, did vote him out the republicans that did vote him out the only reason they did it they didn't do it because they have a sense of decency or morality they did it because he's a sleazy asshole and nobody liked him right, right. if he'd been if he'd been well liked right if he was a team player that everybody liked they would have definitely circled the wagons and they'd have been like yeah i'm not voting against him he's a friend of mine i, I don't care what he did but you know he was an asshole and no one liked him. So they were like, yeah, I'm not putting myself out there for him. There was enough of them. They were like, absolutely not. I don't owe this guy anything because he's a jerk and he's not really one of us. He's not, he's just kind of showed up, got a seat. And now he's in our party. Just, he didn't put in the time. He wasn't a Republican for 10, 15, 20 years. He just showed up and now he makes us all look bad and he's a jerk. Uh, no. Not that yeah. important. Listen, I yearn for the days of when Sarah Palin was regarded as an extremist. Um, yeah, I know. Seriously, right? The worst thing that ever happened to the GOP. 
I mean, this is. Do you remember that when, like, Sarah Sarah Palin's personal life was deemed as being kind of like she's kind of trashy, right? <laughs> right now, now she's like, now she's like almost respectable. She's just she's not trashy enough for the GOP. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. She's Eleanor Roosevelt basically at this point, right? I mean, it's it's um. She never fondled a guy in a freaking theater. <laughs> right, 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 right. But that this is just part of the cause now in in Republican circles. Lauren Boebert, George Santos. I mean, Donald Trump. This is it's like the party of, it's it's a degenerate party. We're we're reaching sort of Roman Roman style dysfunction and um, and it's you know, just getting worse and yeah, worse. Like yeah, every couple of years, it's you know what it is. It's like Moore's law, but mm. in reverse. Like Moore's law, if you, if you're not familiar with it, uh, our audience is that the, the processing power of computers doubles every, I forget what it is. It's like every 18 months or something like that. For Republicans, it's like they're... they're, they're this doubles. Yeah, just doubles. Like their degeneracy doubles every every um, two years. Every election, it just gets worse. So, mm. you know, where are we going to be in like two or three election cycles? It's like they're just going to have like open perverts in, a, in 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 Congress wearing clown suits and gimp suits. It's like, okay. I mean, that's pretty much George Santos at the moment, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, Kevin McCarthy leaving at the end of the year, Republicans will have a majority of three, right? So they have 220 seats when they need 218. Um, yep. So that's not, yeah, this is not good for um, the GOP either. Uh, Jesus, sure. if an elevator gets stuck and there's yeah. four of them in there, they can't they can't do anything. They can't pass right. anything at all. Right. I don't know what the polls look like for the for, for the house next year, whether it's an easy is it an easy matter for the Democrats? I can't I think the Senate's a slightly difficult one for the Democrats. I'm not sure about the House so much. Well the map the House, I'm sorry, the, the Senate's gonna be a real uphill battle for them. Like yeah. real yeah, uphill. But the House especially mm. after they go ahead and impeach Biden because they're going to do it. They oh, said yeah. they're going to they're going to vote to open impeachment hearings. Like oh, what Mag they've been Mike. doing so What's that? Maga Mike, right? Maga Mike's on the case. Yeah, what they've been doing so far haven't been impeachment hearings. That's been like pre-impeachment hearings. Now they're going to go for it. They're going to go all the way and once they do that, they're either going to not have enough votes to actually impeach him, which would be catastrophic for them right mm. how embarrassing would that be or they're actually going to impeach him which would be uh, honestly almost even worse because everyone's going to know it, it was just ridiculous and stupid because they can't i, I was explaining this to debbie yesterday their, their stuff they've done so far has been preposterous right it's been a clown show they've been doing such a terrible job so far that actual impeachment hearings would be 10 times worse because oh, yeah. they don't have anything. I mean, my God, oh no, Joe Biden let money to his son and then he got paid back by $1,600. Ah, what a crime. It's like, are, are you serious? You're actually right. going to try to impeach him for $1,600 loan repayment for a car. Are you stupid? No one's going to listen to you about. They're all going to look at you like you're a moron. It's like that's, that, I mean, 
I do stuff like that. And I don't, I don't make any money at all. It's like, are you kidding? Are you, are you insane? But they're still going to try it. And people are going to, the the public is going to like laugh them out of the room and they're going to just get slaughtered in the, in in the election because they're going to be a clown show. So go for it. Good luck with that. Exactly. Um, Okay. So we've got, uh, we've got the return of our famous segment, Trump's legal woes somehow get worse. (laughs) It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, we have from New Republic prosecutors with special counsel Jack Smith revealed Tuesday that they have a they have proof an agent for Donald Trump tried to cause a riot in Michigan to stop the vote count in the 2020 presidential election. Smith indicted Trump in August for his role in the January 6th insurrection and other attempts to overturn the presidential election. Smith's team said in a Tuesday court filing that an unindicted co-conspirator identified only as quote campaign employee sent text messages on November 4th, 2020 to an attorney working with Trump's campaign at the TCF Center in Detroit where ballots were being counted. In the messages, the campaign employee encouraged rioting and other methods of obstruction when he learned that the vote count was trending in the favor of the defendant's opponent, prosecutors said. Wow. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. Now, yeah. I yeah. remember. I remember when this happened, right? And I remember when it happened, and I kept thinking to myself, it's like, oh, this is another Brooks Brothers riot thing. This is bullshit. No, this is none of this is organic. This isn't just happening on its own. This is definitely this is definitely bullshit. They're trying to, they're trying to, this is a setup, right? They just they just made a bunch of phone calls and they're trying to organize a, a bunch of people to break in there and stop the count. And I was like, oh my God, how are they letting this happen again? How are they letting this happen a second time? Because that thing, the Brooks Brothers riot in Florida during the 2000 election was the most ridiculous, unbelievable, bullshit, fake-ass riot that has ever happened. And they all got away with it, right? I mean, they have pictures of these people. They were all Republican operatives. I mean, they know who they were, and nobody went to jail for it. Nobody was arrested. Nobody was held accountable. But unlike in Florida, the police actually did their jobs and stopped this from happening, right? So they couldn't actually break in and and, and interfere with the count. Um, now, I don't know if they're going to be able to actually go after the people who tried to break in. But now that they have these text messages, they know the people who organized it. And these people have to go to jail for a very, very long time. I mean, trying to organize a riot, trying to interfere with an election, trying to interfere with the vote count, all of that stuff is seriously illegal. And all of that has heavy duty, you know, uh, jail time. And now that they have those text messages, it's just a matter of time until they connect Trump to it. It's just a matter of time because right after, you know, right when this was starting, Trump was on his uh, Twitter going, oh, man, there's terrible things going on over at uh, the TCF Center. And it's like, okay, that's a coincidence. Absolutely not. He knew what was happening and he knew what they were trying to do, which means he knew um, what, you know, he he was involved in this somehow. And they they have to be able to get that information. these, These guys are all screwed. But of yeah. course, the, the the flip side of that is that Trump is going to be way, way more desperate. If they have this much information connecting him to all the different plots to overturn the election, he's going to be absolutely desperate to stop 
um, the 2024 election or just steal it somehow. And there's going to be more. He's going to have to call for more political violence leading up to it. He, he doesn't have a choice because, mm. you know, he could win it legitimately. But there's a really good chance he won't. And he cannot risk that. So, I mean, we yeah. And, and we always know that Trump doubles down. Right. Yeah, exactly. Trump doubles down on everything. If you think he's going to take the the sort of uh, that he'll cut a deal or he'll he'll get less extreme, no, he'll always double down. Yeah, so, and if he loses, just you know, if he just loses the election, he's not going to be like, oh well, I lost. He's like, no, burn the country to the ground before I lose this election because then I'm definitely going to jail. Exactly. So screw exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. Well, look, what do we have um, next? We've got. Uh, uh, anti-Semitism on the left again, also very this much is, of it. Yeah, there's, there's, it, it's getting pretty wild, right? So we we covered this last week. We talked about Susan Sarandon in the emergency meeting podcast. Um, quite the debate going on on the banter on some of the articles we published. We had to close the comments down. On, on <laughs> last week. Um, yeah, yeah, kick the hornet's nest there. I definitely yeah. kicked the hornet's nest. We're just we're going to go over this, but we're going to talk more about this in the emergency meeting podcast because of the terrifying congressional hearings that I'm going to play some audio from, which was shocking beyond belief. But um, so Susan Sarandon, this is she's apparently she's very sorry for what she said. Oh yeah, oh she yeah. regrets it deeply, deeply regrets it. Deeply regrets what she said. Remember, she was basically saying that uh, now finally Jews knew what it was like to be a real minority and face real persecution and violence, even though. <laughs> Even though Jews have been the most persecuted religious minority in America for decades, um, previous to previous to, to October seventh, um, anti-Semitism was already spiraling out of control. Look, we don't need to rehash that, but uh, this concept that Jews don't really understand what it's like to be uh, face discrimination and persecution and racism is just nonsense. It's just utter nonsense. Um, so yeah, she surrendered knew what she was saying. So uh, yeah, look, her apology know, is bullshit. I don't believe her apology at all. No, no, not even a little. She's just upset because there's consequences this time. There were consequences, <laughs> and she doesn't want those consequences, so she apologized. This is the United Jewish Community of the Virginia uh, Peninsula. Uh, the Jewish community in the Virginia Peninsula is shocked and alarmed at Love Light Place making the decision to cancel a menorah lighting scheduled for the second Sunday's Art and Music Festival on December 10th in Williamsburg claiming it did not want to appear to choose sides in the Israel-Hamas conflict, right? So this is a religious festival, right? This is, and Jews now are terrified to practice their religion out in public because it might incite violence against them, right? This is this is where we're at. This, right, but right. Again, so now just, just doing Jewish things means that, and quote, quote, Support being doing this out loud would send a message that quote supporting the killing bombing of thousands of men, women, and children. Okay, and then the 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 organizers went a step further. This is still from the the letter by offering to reinstate the event if it was done under the banner under banner calling for a ceasefire. Okay, now that is so fucking offensive. Oh my god! Because. Yeah. Not, not that, you know, it's like, if you want to call for a ceasefire, feel free to call for a ceasefire. But if you don't want to call for a ceasefire, it's like, yo, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just doing, I'm being Jewish. I'm lighting menorah. I don't want to get into this. Oh, well, then you can't be here. I'm sorry. 
Why is that exactly? I'm not Israeli. I'm Jewish. Why do I have to make a political statement exactly? Do you ask Muslims to make political statements in order for them to celebrate Ramadan? No, you don't do that, do you? Do you ask Christians to make political statements to celebrate Christmas? No, you don't do that. But you had to do it for the Jews. You had to do it for the Jews. And if you don't, well, you uh, people might get upset with you. That's called fucking anti-Semitism because yeah. you're holding Jews to a different fucking standard than you do for everybody else. Now, they reinstated it because a lot of people jumped down their throat and said, are you out of your fucking mind? You can't mm. do that. You can't hold American Jews responsible for stuff Israel do does. That's not oh, yeah. how that works. Yeah, but the fact it's, that they tried to do it in the first place and then tried to do the whole well, if you do it for a ceasefire, it's okay. It's like no, absolutely not. Go screw yourself. Right. So we also have um, uh, this is uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal. She said, she said uh, quote, we have to be balanced in our condemnation of Hamas raping Israeli women. Um, there's a <laughs> right. <laughs> this is wow. 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 Like, yeah, what is she said that out loud? She said that out loud in an interview and she didn't think it was a problem. She thought it was perfectly fine because, you know, we don't we can't we can't get too upset at Hamas for raping Israeli women because, you know, we have to be balanced. Now, these are these are they've been raping. They raped the women and, and girls on Mm. October 7th before killing them and then burning a bunch of their bodies. And they raped um, and are continuing to rape, I'm sure, the hostages, the Israeli hostages that they have. Okay. Mm. And Representative Jayapal would prefer us not to get, not to hold them, be too upset with them because reasons. You know, Mm. something about them, you know, they've been oppressed or, you know, they've been victimized. So we can't really be too upset with them about that, which, again, if they did this to anyone else, she would not be saying that. Any other group, she would not be saying that. But of because course. it's Israelis, it's Jewish people. Well, you know. You uh, can say what you want. Uh, you, can, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, right. It's really terrible. But it, it's worse. There's worse. Because mm. this is like a thing on the alt left, right? It's not just it's not just well, we can't condemn them too harshly. There's a whole bunch of them on the alt left who are saying it didn't even happen. They're just straight oh, yeah. up saying there's no rape. What are you talking about? How could you say there's rape? There's no evidence of that. There's right. no evidence of rape. Brianna Joy Gray just straight up says we have no proof that anyone's getting raped. And she's yeah. just going all in on that yeah yeah this is uh and then we have uh anya parampo writer for the gray zone um one um praised hamas on twitter saying uh one million uh, one million times harder than all the friendly american conservatives who sit around fantasizing about standing their ground or defending their home and families from invaders and this is the gray zone is from max blumenthal's pro-russian alt-left news site yeah, you know, they're, they're super I know, independent. I know Max, you know, I know Black, Max Blumenthal personally. 
Um, I, I've met him a number of times, but Bloom Falls is a real creep, this guy. Uh, Jewish as well, which is weird. Um, but Yeah, go figure. Yeah, there's. so I wrote about it this week as well, uh, about um, the rising anti-Semitism and how um, diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh, uh, please re read my piece. But I'd like to hear more comments on that um, because diversity, equity, inclusion, right? This is the sort of identity politics left stuff, which broadly speaking, I have been supportive of with it, with, you know, within certain sort of parameters, right? Uh, but it turns out that the diversity, equity, inclusion mantra doesn't include Jews. Um, so we've had, the, in the last month or so, we've had two uh, head of diversity, equity, and inclusion officers being expelled or suspended from their positions one in a university and one in a, in a school actually very near to me um for expressing uh, uh for denying anything happened on october on october 7th that hamas didn't commit a genocide against the jews uh and also one of them writing a poem in praise of uh, hamas and the hang gliders so this is what's going on in in uh, alt left and identity politics left circles. I don't know where it's worse. I, I really don't know. I think that the um, I, I'm more worried about the identity politics left stuff um, because of now Jews are. I feel like I think that the alt left doesn't have this kind of colonizer colonized um, sort of schema that they adhere to, but the identity politics left does, and the Jews are. Uh, the white supremacists of the uh, the hierarchy of oppression, right? Jews are at the top of the hierarchy in terms of the they're they're the ultimate colonizers and abusers and oppressors. So, man, we are we're always supervillains, always yeah, very, very, very always supervillains. But we're gonna we're gonna go in in the emergency meeting. We're gonna be talking about a congressional hear the congressional hearings on this, which was shocking, absolutely shocking. But um, look, yeah, so we're gonna keep a tab on this. Unfortunately, we've lost a ton of subscribers over this kind of stuff. Um, uh, I'm not going to stop talking about it. Justin's not going to stop talking about it because it's important. I think that, um, you know, I try to be objective about this as much as I can, but obviously this is somewhat personal. Uh, it's not very pleasant hearing um, people on your own side cheering for <laughs> genocide of Jewish people. So um, anyway, moving on, we'll move, we'll, um, we'll circle back to this in the emergency meeting podcast, but we've got our fascists of the week. Uh, yeah, it's your favorite guy, Justin Ron DeSantis. Oh yes, yes, Ron DeSantis yeah, Ron... in Ron DeSantis is Florida. Um, so this is uh, the Attorney General Ashley Moody is arguing in a court filing that the specific function of school libraries are to quote convey the government's message, meaning that if the government wants to push a specific political, religious, ideological message, it has the legal right to do so. So what does that mean in Ron DeSantis, Florida? Uh, that means that if they don't like a book, they can yank it out because they don't agree with the message in the book. Now, this isn't just like, oh, it's obscene. It, they're not even arguing that. It's they don't like the message in the book. It's, mm. you know, if um, what you call it, the, the penguin book, right, where it's got a pe two, two male penguins adopt um, a baby, right? It's not that the penguins are having gay sex, right? That's not what this book is about. It's it's two male penguins adopt a, a chick. And they don't like that. So because it goes against their political ideology. 
two right. men should not be able to have an adopted child. So therefore, they want the book removed, even though there's nothing in there whatsoever about them having any kind of sexual relationship, right? It's not that kind of book. It's not nothing about that. Mm. But they don't like that ideology. It doesn't match their ideology. So they have the right to remove it because the government, meaning Republicans, that is the message they're trying to convey. Now, right. these are people who were screaming bloody murder just a year ago, a year and a half ago, about how schools were indoctrinating our children and how this was wrong and and how um uh what what oh Jesus Christ what was it again see what the hell was that what was that stupid um th uh, the acronym they were using the 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 freaking CRT oh critical race theory yeah, yeah. CRT right how it was indoctrinating children and schools can't indoctrinate children indoctrination is wrong and governments can't indoctrinate children and now they're literally in court arguing that the function of schools is to indoctrinate children according to what the government wants that's wild yeah they were never mad about schools indoctrinating children which wasn't actually happening what they were mad about well it used to happen back in like you know previous to like the 60s when they were being indoctrinated into white supremacy, that ended, and they were mad that that ended. They hated when that ended, and they really, really want that to start again because that's how you raise Republicans. That's how you raise a generation of white supremacists is that you teach them white supremacy in schools. And when that went away from schools, that's when Republicans started losing generation after generation of kids. And they really want that back. That's what they're right. doing. And that's why they're doing all of this. Yeah. Look, we were going to end on a, uh, a sunshine of the week thing, but we don't actually have one. We discussed this before the podcast. Um, just figure out if anything positive happened this week. And uh, not, unfortunately, not that much. <laughs> Was it that it was like a terrible week? It just wasn't anything super yeah, awesome. Much yeah, no, no. Um, so uh, <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. But we are going into the emergency meeting now. Uh, the emergency meeting. We're going to be discuss discussing um, some very shocking hearings that happened in Congress this week about growing anti-Semitism on college campuses, which is reaching insane proportions. Where now most, like most Jewish students on campuses, don't feel safe on campus anymore um and this is because of at least in my view i have a theory on this well we'll talk about that when we get into the podcast uh, but i'll play some audio for you when we get in there um of the hearing which was just one of the most surreal things i've ever seen i have to say i mean i really it, it's yeah i've had i've been messaged uh for days on social media and in my inbox from uh, jewish friends about this they they can't quite believe what's happening um but look, we're going to go into that emergency meeting podcast uh, please come and join us there uh, the emergency meeting podcast is usually a 15 to 20 minute podcast where we discuss more hot button topics a bit more uh explosive a bit more provocative a bit more controversial um we Not do that every week <laughs> yeah we do that every week uh we, you also get if you get a banter membership you also get access to all of our premium articles or members only pieces and all the chat threads for members pieces too you can jump into conversations and interact with our community. We'd love to have you there. 
uh, your membership is the only thing that keeps us going. We are entirely supported by you. So please, please, please uh, jump, come on board. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, and then we'll see you next week. Later.